podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ha ha. Dream it, believe it, become it, come on up. You know I mean, our producer, I said, Unks, take off the hat. I said, no, brother. Since I've got back from, remember, I'm a man who goes to the barber shop twice a week. And I ain't gone to the barbers and no, no, no. So I'm not doing this. I was going to run and go and get a baseball cap, but he said, nah, take off the hat. You look like an old man. That's I am an old man, bro. Trust me, I am an old man. But yep, it is, it's been, you didn't get us, you know, guys didn't get us last week. He didn't get us the week before. Tundi's away in Colorado, um, training with Anthony Yard and, uh, Joel, Joel Kadua. They're doing their, their training camp out there at high altitude. Some rocky, some rocky, some rocky seven training they're doing right now. Um, so they're doing their bits and yeah, as they're doing their bits, we say yes, country done, big up itself. Um, New season, same Arsenal. Roy Hands, how you doing? Phil Answer, how you doing? Yeah, that bro, you know what I mean? SOS, that's what they're doing. They're doing some some rocky training. So I'm here by myself. I'm gonna be joined. I have quite a few guests, but I said I'm gonna save the real big guests like Sugar Hill, um, Tyson Funeral App for when Tundi returns. So we'll get those guys on for for Sunday. Um but yeah, I had a fantastic time out in Saudi Arabia. If you guys big up Jermaine Phillips, how you doing? Yeah. It was it was it was a it was it was really cool. You know what I mean? It was really, really cool being out in Saudi Arabia. And there has been mixed uh um thinking on Tyson Fury versus Francis Nganu, right? I don't know how you lot saw the fight. I'd be interested to see how you lot saw the fight, or especially how you scored the fight. But I know how I scored the fight. I know what I saw. Um, and, yeah, later on today, not too late either, uh, we're going to be we're gonna be joined by Darren Bucker. How are you doing, my friend? We're going to be joined by Dave Lowell, um, the trainer of UFC um, world champion Leon Edwards. So that's going to be interesting. Um, to hear his opinion and his take because this is a man who's boxed professionally and is now teaching and training a world champion in MMA. So I'd like to hear how they see it. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see that. Big up, big up, Mr. Knowledge, blessing us with that knowledge. Now, big you up, Ralph Tell. I pray everything's good your, your way. SOS says, it looked amazing. Tyson won by by points, but Ngannou is my winner. He did better than everybody expected, and I almost cried. I'm going to be real. It was a great fight. You know what I mean? It was a great fight. Um, not to the fact of like... It was more to do with the event, who stole the event. The person who stole the event was Francis Ngannou because Francis did way better than anybody, and I mean anybody expected. Um, he surprised me. 
He really did. And these are the things that we've got to take into consideration. Right? Tyson Fury ended that ring. Um, unbeaten. Yes, Dave. Yes, brother. <laughs> What's happening, Spence? Now, I'm glad that you're here because I was just going to go into one. I was just giving you a nice little boost up there as well. This is the thing that I want to say is just like, Dave, welcome to the fighters, right? Thank you for blessing us again. And now it seems like you got proper Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. Right. The fight last week. Yeah. Right. How did you score that fight? And remember, you're coming from a man who is a former professional fighter, but you're yeah. also like, you're a top trainer in the UFC now because you got Leon Edwards. Like, how did you score the fight, sir? Well, personally, I say Nagano won the fight. Um, I've got a few um, points why I say that. If you look at it as a fighter, your ex-fighter yourself, who really looked like the pro fighter? Who really looked like the MMA fighter? First and foremost. Um, second point I'd like to make is um, Tyson Fury. I mean, he's never had a body like in a funny spot. Come on, man. Look at when he's the heavyweight champion of the world up against an MMA fighter who looked like an Adonis, who boxed um, like the professional boxer. Um, uh, and watching the fight, Fury was caught to me, twixt between. He didn't, he didn't um, want to fully commit because he felt Angano's power. Um, and I've always said this to a lot of people in the boxing world, MMA world, Fury, when it comes to Fury fighting boxing, um, the referee has got um, a big impact on Fury's style of fighting. Because if you've got a referee that allows him to do what the Klitschko's used to do, um, throw up jab, throw a one-two and then fall in and, and, and use their physical size and, and swarm their opponent, then he'll always get the result, especially if the guy's of a smaller stature than him, and the, the majority are. But... Um, uh, the referee in the Nagano fight, he wasn't having none of that. So Fury couldn't use that tactic. Um, so I think then he now was caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. He didn't want to, mm-hmm. he, he want to stay in the pocket with Nagano because like I said, he felt his power. I mean, he clipped him with a left hook that dropped him. It wasn't a full blooded punch, but it was still a good punch. Now you say, who do I say won the fight? I've spoken to boxers and they say, well, Fury won the fight. They've gave their reasons why, but a lot of these guys are just what you call arm, armchair fans. Um, those mm-hmm. who read between the lines. Um, first, what, four, five, maybe six rounds? Fury didn't do anything. He stayed on the outside trying to think that he could, you know, pick the jab and pick his one-twos and, 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 and get the better of Angano, but it was the other way around. And it was only, say, round as I say, from round five, six onwards, Fury started to throw more punches. People say, well, he won the fight because in the second half of the fight, he threw more punches. Admittedly, he may have, but how many of them connected? Um, a lot of them were hitting Gangano's gloves, his shoulders. There was nothing really getting through. So um, that's one of the um, final reasons, I believe, Nagano won the fight. The, uh, for me, the knockdown only turbo boosted my um, belief that he won the fight. And just basically looking in, even if I wasn't um, an ex-fighter, even if I wasn't in the MMA game and I never knew anything who they were, and I'm just a guy coming in, another platform watching this fight, well, I would have said, well, that black guy, 
Mm, he looks at the shape of him. Look at Fury. Look at the shape of that guy. Uh, Fury come out a bit busted up. Um, not a mark on, on, on um, Naganu. Even though Fury tried the dirty tactic with the big elbow, which a lot of people picked up on after. Uh, my house was full uh, when the fight was going down. My kids, their friends, etc., neighbours, as it always is. Um, and I said to them before the announcement was made, you are going to see a robbery here, lads. And they're going to say, no, no, Nagani won the fight. 99.9 of the people that was with me on that night said Nagani won the fight. And I said, listen to me. Boxing's a dirty game, and I'm going to tell you now. You are now going to see a dirty decision because, and I'll tell you exactly how it goes, not to make it look that bad. They're going to give it a split decision, and they're going to give the um, the nod to Fury. Reason being, as you know, Spence, money talks, mate. Um, did you see Frank Warren running around like a blue-ass fly after the, after the um, fight, the actual 10th round had finished? He was running here, there and everywhere. Then he came in the ring and then he was whispering into Fury's ear to tell him, yeah, you've got the nod, mate. And and so said, so be done. And that's how I see it, mate, in a nutshell. Um, Nagano won the fight fair and square, mate. Um, but if they were to give it to Nagano, come on. Now we're going to miss out Warren and his crew and the boys. As you know, we're going to miss out on mega millions. Mega, mega, mega millions. Because now it puts the dampness on any future fight for Fury um, with um, our boy AJ. Um, Usyk, okay, we don't know. They've said that it's confirmed. But listen to me. After that, I don't know what frame of mind um, Tyson Fury is going to be in. Because to me, he just... Listen, Spence, it's like this. Boxing is a part of MMA. MMA is not a part of boxing. But like I said, if you looked at that fight as, as an ex-fighter yourself, I'm asking you now, who looked like the pro boxer and who looked like the amateur, who looked like the MMA fighter? You give me your, your, your honest opinion on that. Who won the fight? No, I'm just saying looking at it now, looking at it overall, um, you know, looking at this from, you know, uh, a different angle as a fighter, looking at that fight, the shape of Fury, um, the style Nagano approached, he didn't, he didn't commit to Fury, he didn't stay in the pocket, Fury tried to half box him, half kind of, I don't even know what, what style he adapted, because the referee was not allowing him to do his usual stunt of throwing a few punches, a jab right, and then falling in and actually using his weight and physical size to overwhelm his opponents. But um, mm-hmm. your honest opinion on the fight? My honest opinion on the fight? Yeah. It was a fair decision. Okay. And I'm going to explain to you why it was a fair decision. When we're saying how bad Fury was, we're taking a lot away from Francis Ngannou. Right? Yeah. Francis Ngannou boxed incredible, as you know. Because you, you teach MMA, but you've been a pro boxer. Uh-huh. In professional boxing, right? To, to headshots, we're looking at, we're looking at eight punches to the head. That's a jab, a hook, an uppercut, or overhand right. Yeah? Uh-huh. The same is applied on your right hand. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's a straight right, hook, uppercut, overhand right. Yeah. In MMA, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to duck at least 46 different attacking positions to the head. Right. 
right? Because your man has got their knees, man's got their the, the bottom of their foot. They got right. Mm-hmm. You're wearing was it? It's it's four ounce for the padded gloves, yeah. Uh, depends. If it's a, a standard fight, three rounds for five minutes. If it's a world championship, it's five minute, five, uh, five, five minute rounds. But what are the, what's the weight of those padded gloves that you wear? Four ounces. Four ounces. Four ounces. Way. So Francis Ngannou is used to getting punched in the head by four ounces of those things, yeah? Yeah, that's for those who are fit to me. There's not many. Okay, right. That, but he's used to it though. He's adjusted to it. So you're looking at Francis Ngannou, who's adjusted to getting hit by yeah, four ounces. Let's stick up hit- in there. How do you adjust to getting hit, Spence? It's like if you, you do, you do. Of course, you get. Of course, you. Of course, you adjust to get hit because after time, it's just like you adjust the punching part. You yeah. know, like if you go, if you if you're in with a fighter who is a vicious puncher and yeah. he claps you, you think to yourself, "What was that?" Yeah. If you're allowed, if you don't get knocked out, Dave, and the yeah. rounds prolong and you're still in the fight, you do adjust to it because you know what you're wary of because you know what you're in with. Okay. So it's not a big surprise. Yeah. Him getting hit with 10 ounce gloves by Tyson Fury, who's heavy handed, he's heavy handed, but he's not, he's not noted as a one punch knockout artist, even though he banged out Dylan White, even yeah. though, even though he, 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 he banged out Wilder, but he's not noted as this killer puncher man. You know what I mean? He's not in the line of a Lennox Lewis. He's right. definitely not in the line of a Deontay Wilder. He's definitely not in the line of a, uh, a Joe Frazier if he cut you that left hook. He's definitely not in the line um, like a Mike Tyson. No, he's not seen as that guy, right? Okay. He's got 10 ounce gloves on. Right. You're clapping this tough looker African. You think that could, it's not going to do nothing to him? Well, when you say he's clapping him, what, 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 when you say clapping him, Spence, you still there? I've lost you there, mate. Yo, Spence, I've lost you. Don't know why you've just gone off. I don't know why. Is that from your end? Wow. Again, keep losing each other, bro. Apologies, brother. He's jumping back in in two minutes, yeah? All right, okay. Who is that? He's back in. Okay. Yeah, whoa. I don't know what happened here, bro. That went down to me. This is your... Yeah, I don't don't even know what happened. Listen, man, I don't know what happened. But as I was saying, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. You mean? He's a tough human being, Francis Ngannou. Mm -hmm. He's tough. His backstory... Yeah, it's exactly checkmate. I got hit with a cheeky elbow. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. All dudes in tech, technology. I ain't got a clue what's going on. It just, it just kicked me out. I don't know. I'm, I'm not turning around saying, I'm saying if I looked at the event, then Francis Ngannou won the event. Mm-hmm. He fought, he boxed better than anybody expected. Maybe you knew differently. You know what I mean? Well, I, touching on that point there, a lot of people don't know this, but Ngannou, Used to do boxing before he took up. Yeah, I know he did. I know he did. He had aspirations to be a boxer. Like it's only after the fight I started to do a lot of research on him. Nice, right? Because I've seen him when he's he's fought and he's just clapped out, man, and all the rest of it. But I didn't look at it for me to turn around and say like, 
did he win the fight? I give him round three, right? As a 10-8 round. Okay. Right? So what but what I'm trying to say is like, I believe that Tyson Fury fiddled rounds where I could see why the judges will give it to him because we're going by boxing now. We're not looking at as an eyes on a fighter. Francis yeah. Ngannou did really well. Right. He competed really well. Can I turn around and say like, all right, I wouldn't argue. If they gave that a draw, I wouldn't argue with it. Well, no. right, I wouldn't argue with it. Could okay. I say, would I argue, if, well, I'm going to be real with you. Would I argue with it if they gave it to Francis Ngannou? Ngannou, sorry. No, I wouldn't argue with it. But on the reals, to the to the purity of boxing, it was um, a bad Tyson Fury. But it was only a bad Tyson Fury for the first time he was in with somebody that he wasn't physically bigger and stronger than. Because, listen, after the fight, I went in the change room, yeah? And I asked Francis, listen, brother, the man is built like a brick shit ass, brother. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was in, when I saw him, it was intimidating to see, you know, like you see a presence of an aura of somebody. It was intimidating to see his size. Yeah. And I, and I know somewhere, maybe in the psyche of Tyson Fury, he thought to himself, raw, I'm in with a real beast there, you know, right? Because when he got dropped, you know, that was a serious clap. So I'm saying Francis Ngannou won the event. He won the, he won the hearts of people, but I'm taking the emotion out of it. If I take the emotion. Yeah, rewind this then, Spence. Tyson Fury turned around, made a comment before the fights about, mm-hmm. what's his name? Djokovic taking on the, a, a good table tennis player, something. He's like. absolutely right. I said that line all week. So oh, I think that's if you heard me say that, you know. So now it all, all that, all that, that chat's gone out the window now because. Nagani, Quite right. Of course it has. Right, exactly. So Fury went in like a lot of um boxers says, Oh, if it goes past maybe one, two, three, Fury is gonna do what he wants with him and stop him. I think even Crawford, some of the top chatters, even made that yourself. Um made, but I always knew Nagano, um remember I've been in the presence of him before you. I know this guy's mental attitude, I know Looking at the guy as a specimen, I thought, wow, just like you, in his presence, it's like, wow. Nah, it's, it's scary. I'm going to be rude with you. It's, it's scary not- being in his presence. And I knew by watching some of his MMA fights against some, I'm talking some good lads that name had good Overeem, for example. You may not know of these guys. That I know, I know Overeem. Overeem's been on the show. Oh, he, oh, he, that knockout was horrible. And you see the, 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 the lip, the, the, how he split his lip? Yeah, it was horrible. He opened his lip like he'd give him a new, new piece of, I don't even know, man. But anyway, like, back to the power of Nagano, um, the presence of him, um, knowing that he did boxing before, I knew a lot about this guy that I knew it was going to be a walk in the park for Fury. I'm going to be real. I thought, yeah, Fury will box, will, will beat him because this is a boxing match and Fury's got the skills to keep away from him, fiddle him, maybe, you know, drop middle round, stop him late round, or even win a unanimous fight decision. But when I was watching round by round and watching this fight unfold, it was like, wow, witness in here, a guy who really fucks. And I, I'm not going to say, I'm going to take it away from the guy no, in any form, shape or way, and oh, Fury had a tough night. I'm not having He got back. Like I said, watching it, he looked like the pro boxer, and Fury looked the MMA fight, he's having his first 
for most men to get the so-called heavyweight champion. But for me, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's not going to knock Fury, and I'm not hating on him in any way, because he's got a little bit of charity. Probably the spice into the game. But basically, for me, Fury is just the best of, and that's with a question mark, if I really want to be brutal and be cold and just get as cold as it is, he's basically the shit heavyweight division, bro. You know? He, well, he could lead the lads from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Yo, bro, if Cruiserweight was turning over, not putting his dudes on his ass before he learned to adapt and put away and thing and steal the decisions that way. Come on, man, he'd be, he'd be putting sleep every other fight. Always got a chance a big one. Um, he, he's how to use his, his physical attributes by taking Klitschko's book. You watch the Klitschko's, they used to jab, jab, do fall in, hold and put their work. And the referee's got to let them get away with it for years. And basically, Fury's adapting. adapting that stuff. Six foot eight, six foot nine. That's a tall six nine. Man. Six nine. You know, the average heavyweight is what? Six three, maybe six four. You know, the guy's a freak of nature. But um, to me, to put him in that bracket as, you know, uh, a so-called elite heavyweight boxer for me, well, that, uh, you know, I, I care to differ on that point, my friend. Well, you know what? I'm hearing that, yeah? And I'm not saying that you haven't had that opinion for ages, but I'm seeing a lot of people flip the page on Tyson Fury now, like he ain't good. I'm saying, hold up a second. So he wasn't good when he knocked out Dylan White? He wasn't good when he beat Deontay Wilder three times out of three times. I don't right. want to hear no talk about the 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 first fight, which they gave a draw, but he won that as well. No, brother. Tyson Fury's damn bloody good. And right? the dodgy glove part as well, yeah? Pardon me? The dodgy glove part? Yeah, but I, listen, you still on the dodgy glove part when people talking about this dodgy part. I don't know nothing about that. Well, I'm just keep this thing 100. Okay. Right? I'm going to be real with you. I don't know nothing about that. What I'm saying is this, yeah? Mm. I tell you why the fight Francis Ngannou was the moral victor because he shouldn't have gone 10 rounds with Tyson Fury <laughs> that's the truth he shouldn't have gone 10 rounds he did well I'm not going to scream out nah he... this is the next thing we are taking away from real robberies that have happened in, in boxing not just heavyweight division but in boxing yeah. close fights close fights are not robberies right it was a, it was an under par Tyson Fury because he couldn't adjust to the power and the physical strength of and the presence of Ngannou. Because I'm telling you, this guy's got spirit about him. You know what I mean? I don't know what kind of hobby I work down there or whatever, but I'm trying to tell you straight standard, the brother has got a a a spiritual presence yeah. that has got an aura about him. When you're around, you're thinking, Rob, this brother's serious. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And not only that, it's very difficult. Knowing that, you know what I mean? Allegedly, Tyson Fury got anything between 30 to 40 million the other day, yeah? Right. That's a bag of money. And you think you're going to get another 100 and odd when you fight Usyk, yeah? It's very difficult, no matter how you are, to say that you are concentrating solely on the objective in front of you. Right. Knowing that, right, I've got this fight, then in six weeks, I'm going to be fighting again. When they're saying that you got this fight, then in six weeks, you know already they ain't classing my man as nothing. Mm. Right? And they could do whatever they want to go and do. And listen, from you saw his body type. 
yeah, on and remember this part here was I think I think Tyson Fury was nineteen stone eleven. Francis Garnu was nineteen nine. Yeah, yeah. But look at the difference in body type. Yeah, that's the way. You I know, said. you know, one man put in a graft to say, "Listen, I'm coming to do you something." The other man. He looked very, very fleshy. He didn't look this fleshy when he fought Derek Chisora. He didn't look that fleshy when he fought Dylan White. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm saying like we're taking a, we're taking away from Francis Ngannou when we're saying oh, it was a robbery and he's a hands down winner. He wasn't a hands down winner. I'm sorry, he wasn't. He wasn't a hands down winner, right? I, he won for me. Yeah, oh, listen, I'm, and that's why I called, that's why I said I wanted you on the show, cause you're an MMA man, but you also was a professional fighter. So uh-huh. therefore I said I wanted you, I could have picked loads of different people, and I said, no, let me get Dave on, because if I get you on, I'm gonna get a different perspective from what I'm seeing. I'm hearing, I'm hearing loads of guys who said, I heard loads of guys who say, nah, 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 um, um, Nganu got robbed, he got robbed. But I'm telling you, those people were jumping up and saying Nganu got robbed, you are emotionally attached to the emotion of the story of Francis Ngannou, of a man leaving Cameroon, being on one of them boats for how many, how many days, you know, them dinghies, you know? So, right, well, we're, we're, we're invested into that story. Plus, he's a bloody nice guy, you know? Yeah, but Spence, a lot of people didn't know that, that, that fact, what you've just mentioned. No, nah, but you're saying that, but what I'm trying to say is a lot of the MMA guys, MMA's got a big fan base, you know? Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Right. The MMA guys are jumping on this fact and they're saying, nah, man, as far as I'm concerned, Francis Ngannou won. Yeah? And I'm right. saying, yep, yeah, as much as we're turning around saying that he won, I'm going by, let me tell you this, Lennox Lewis, yeah, turned around and said he gave it to, to Tyson Fury and people were very, very critical. And there's certain sportscasters, yeah, who were saying Tyson Fury lost. They're not going to publicly say it, you know, but they say he lost Spence. Frampton did. Yeah, Carl Frampton said he lost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But you know what? I'm trying to say this as well, yeah? Remember, I don't know how Frampton and Fury's gone, but I do know that John Fury stuck it on him a couple of times still, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, maybe that could sway your opinion a little piece as well. What I'm saying is when somebody does better than expected, yeah? Done uh-huh. better than expected, the, the general consensus will lean into his favor anyway to say, you know what? Yeah. I'm saying Francis Ngannou is a heavyweight contender after one professional fight. I'm saying that. I'm saying that Francis Ngannou is a problem for any heavyweight in the world, including Fury, in a rematch because he sussed this thing raw. I get it now. And I know Francis Ngannou left there and was thinking raw. You know what? If I'd have done this, if I'd have done that, but my scorecard, I gave it to, I gave it to, um, Tyson Fury by Fury, by, by, I gave it to Tyson Fury by two rounds. Okay. That's how I gave it to him, right? Okay. But if you argued and said you gave it to Francis Ngannou, I'm not going to say like, Rod, right, Dave don't know what he's talking about because I get where you're coming from. But well, I'm I, saying like... If I had to judge the fight now, and, and if, if I was a judge at that ringside, I would have given Ngannou the fight maybe by one, maybe two rounds. The knockdown would have maybe been a factor in the fight. But overall, watching the fight, seeing who was 
more Ghana never was really an aggressor because sometimes you know if it's um, a close fight the judges tend to look at the guy who actually made the fight who pushed the issue um, you know and, and say well if it weren't for him then maybe the fight wouldn't have been as so um, so tight as it was Nagano was fought a chess match fight with Fury he, he didn't overcommit and at the time he didn't um, you know go totally on the defence you know so um, it was a chess match boxing match because sometimes you've got a lad like you know where a guy just purely on the back foot looking for him, or he's pushed on the back foot because he's been pressured on the back foot because of the style of the guy he's fighting but Nagano was the stronger of the two um, Fury knew that by obviously going into clenches you get fight to yourself clench with a man you get to feel his strength if he hits you like you said you get to even if he hits you in the shoulder or you know on the glove that's hit you know you get to feel that. and for me Nagano um, Tyson Fury knew the power of Nagano so he was prepared to play the chess match um, the chess match boxing game um not come forward and overcommit. He more stayed. It was more medium to long range. He tried to fight the fight. Um, but Nagano matched him in every department. Um, and, and, and obviously on the offensive side, when Nagano did decide to, you know, have a little punch in exchange with him, he always got the better of it. He always finished with the better shots at the mm-hmm. extreme. So this is why if I was a judge at the ringside, I would have said, I would, it's like you say, I would, you say you gave Fury maybe one or two. I think I would have given it the other way. And plus, for the buck, um, the knockdown as well would have been a factor for me. Um, just watching these guys and never knew them from who they was, never heard anything about them, and just watching them and judging it from a purely neutral um, perspective, I would have said Nagani would have edged that fight for me. Okay, but yeah. let me tell you this now, yeah? Boxing is boxing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was very, Francis Ngannou was so philosophical in his change room. I went in his change room and I said to him, you know what? You've done everybody proud. Regardless of the result, you've done, you've done everybody proud. You I mean, humbly was after the decision. Brother, he was saying, ah, what do you expect? He's laughing. He got 10 mil. He said, like, the highest person ever got in UFC was 650,000. He got 10 mil. He's like, brother, get it, don't worry. Cause my name's, my name's established now. My name is established now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit, um, disturbed that, that Tyson Fury didn't give, uh, uh, a post fight press conference because there wasn't one. He just said, child, I'm gone. Right? I'm gone. I see Sugar Hill, me and him had a couple words and all the rest of it. Um, and like, yeah, but I will, I will. You know, something as well, Spence, before you, you, you continue, there was a, a thing right as well, where I picked up, and maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Many probably never, but to me, after the fight, straight away, Fury went over to Nagano. Now, rather than embracing him, like you'd embrace a man and say, well, like, good fight. What did he, what did he do to him? Good, can he you? He kissed him. Pardon? He kissed him. Okay, but before he did any of that, what, 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 could you recall anything he did? No, no, no. I, I remember him going, hugging him and kissing him. He got his hand and he started rubbing it on the top of his head and tapping his top of his head, like say, you well done. To me, I don't know, maybe from being a bit old schoolish, to me, that is disrespect. 
that is some old cultural built-in thing. Oh, well done, boy. You know, rubbing. And I never yeah, liked I see, I see, I see Sugar Ray Leonard did that against a guy called Bruce Finch. All After right. he knocked him out, he rubbed him on his head like, yeah, boiling him off. Yeah, but you know, you don't do them things. Now, to me, that was just a basic um, reaction of Fury trying to display to the world body power, uh, his body language that, oh, well done. He's done all right, but I've won the fight. That's all I read it. Maybe I'm going a bit deep here, but no, you, know, you could be. But you know what? You you, know, you 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 have a point. You have a point. Yeah. But anyway, back to the fight overall. I would say, yeah, watching the fight from a neutral perspective, not knowing any form or anything about any of these guys. One was MMA, one was boxer or whatever. Watching it and giving my opinion, um, I would have gone. I would have, you know, I would have said, wow, how come Black didn't win that fight? He won that fight. You know, average Joe Bloods. <laughs> you get me? But, you know, I mean, those connoisseurs, done a bit of fighting ourselves, and the, the ex-commentary lads, there's a few, Carl Frock in Manchester. There's a lot of them that went... Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, I'm hearing all of them man who say, yeah, Fury lost, yeah? But remember, Carl Frock was just gunning Fury the other day. Yeah? Mm. They might have like a personality thing or not. Right? Just, all I'm saying is that all these ones, all, all these, listen to me, yeah? Tyson Fury's legs ain't gone, as far as I'm concerned. My man, like, Johnny Nelson said there, his legs are gone. I'm telling you now, Tyson Fury's legs ain't gone. Okay. I'm telling you, as I believe it was a subpar performance simply because of the presence of Francis Ngannou. Right? I'm telling you this now. Because, let's just be real about it, Francis Ngannou did better than Derek Cesora and Dylan White combined. Right? That is the raw facts. This is a man who just walked into professional boxing with the Agan, right? But the man can fight. Yeah. There's a difference. So if I'm judging on who won the fight, then Francis Ngannou won the fight. But who won the boxing match? Even though it was a subpar performance by Tyson Fury, the boxing match was, was the victor, and who should have been victorious was the right man. But the, the scorecards should not have been that wide. VP 75, Tundi is, Tundi is, uh, away in Colorado, but he'll be back next week with me, so hold tight for them. Touch me on it, what was the scorecards again? One gave it by four rounds, or one, what, what, how did you... I think it was, I think it was 97, 93, and that's what I thought, that's what, that's where it was. It was yeah. 97, 93. One yeah. gave it like, I think it was night, um, 95, 96. Price. Um, yeah, I think it was, um, 94, 95 to Nganu, and then one gave it 97, 93, I believe. Mm. Right? There was a scorecard that I think, wow, wait, wait, wait. So that was, that was a piss take. The, that, that, you know what I mean? But I was speaking to Freddie Roach, Freddie Roach. I was speaking to Teddy Atlas, Teddy right? Atlas. Who's one of the last of the Mohicans as a trainer. Let, also, let me just big up, let me just big up Turkey Al Sheikh. Yeah. What they've done out there, it was a big thing. What they've done, listen, the day before the fight, there was a massive dinner, right? Let me ask anybody you. that was named anybody was at this dinner. No, but did you, you was I actually sat on the table of your guy, Usman. Usman was on my table. So let me ask you something. You never get one in the watch. Oh, you heard about that, yeah? I'm gonna be rude. Now listen to this one. Listen to this one, yeah. Um, big up Spencer Brown. They asked me. They was asked me when did I want to come out. 
Okay. You know I mean, mm-hmm. kids on holiday. I said, I want to come out on the Thursday. Yeah. Mm. On the Wednesday, they took them out and everyone got a watch. They got either, they got a Hublot or they got a Sky Dweller, Rolex Sky Dweller. So listen, Gareth A. Davis got a big boy watch. I was going to rob him at the airport. So <laughs> I came, what could, what could Gareth do as well? Little Hogwarts man look like he's from blinking Lords of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, I would have like, yeah. So if I'd have come, if I'd have come a, a day earlier, I'd have, I'd have got a big boy watch. But you know, it's all good because I'm back out there in December. I've been, I've been asked to come back out there in December. Um, and Saudi's the place because they're going to take over everything. Let them go into UFC now. Let them start bringing over UFC. Let your guys like Leon, you're going to get proper paper. They've had some UFC bouts in, in Dubai. Yeah, I know they have, but you want to get Leon out there. You know what I mean? Because was due to fighting there going back maybe early of the beginning of the year, but it fell through. Um, I can't remember the exact reason why, but we're in Vegas in on the 16th. He's defending his his um title against um Colby Covington on the 16th of. That's that little hillbilly man, isn't it? Hillbilly redneck boy there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, so you know, one of the maybe towards the end of the year because Leon does like Dubai. He's been out there several times and he's got some tight tight. Now that's Dubai. Dubai and Saudi Arabia, two different places. (laughs) But in more of them say they've been yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Dubai, let me explain to you to, to people who don't know. Yeah. Like Dubai is um Dubai is like a adult theme yeah, yeah. park yeah, yeah, in comparison yeah. to Saudi Arabia, which is under the the, the Dean of Islam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you go there and it's, it is, it's, it's, it's really nice, especially for me. I enjoyed it. What I have realized is this. English people like to drink. Mm. So I was fortunate enough. I stayed in Tyson Fury's hotel, right? Mm. And the amount of English folks that were in that hotel upset that they couldn't get a beer. Yeah. Can they they were pulling their hair out. I bet there was. Even mm. the ones that were bald were pulling, they're pulling out what little hair they had in their head, mm. right? Because but for me going out there, yeah. no, nah, I'm gonna be real. For yeah. me going out there, it was very peaceful. The people were mad hospitable. You know I mean on like I said, on the Friday they had the dinner with all the legends. So you're going there, there was Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Riddick yeah. Bowl, Lennox Lewis, Manny Pacquiao, yeah. Oscar De La Hoya, Ricky yeah. Hatton, Joe Kawasaki, mm. Ronaldo. And I'm not talking Cristiano, even though he was there. He went at the dinner. He just came for the photo shoot. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. But the original bad boy Ronaldo was there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. yeah, he was there. Like, yeah. It, you know what I mean? My hero, Michael Spinks, Jinx. Yeah. That was my hero as a youth growing up. Michael okay. Spinks was there, who I've never met before. I've done interviews with him when I was just about Sky. I have never met Michael Spinks. So, Buster Douglas. It was yeah. so... Many people in the blink Eminem. It was yeah. mad. Yeah, let me see, man. Nuff, nuff, nuff right. It was not, listen to me. It was mad. The dinner was just ridiculous. Yeah. Right. And then they had some big Bollywood stars that were there, right? But unfortunately, the people don't know about Bollywood. So a lot of them left upset, like, rah, we're in here and no one ain't gassing us because like, you know, like in India, they, they're mad for yeah, them. Yeah. They all got like, yeah, yeah. 30, 30 million followers on, on social yeah, yeah. media, but 
you come in this, this is like, this was dying and going to boxing heaven. Big up Turkey, I shake again for that. Then you, you left to there, you left there. That was on a Friday. You left there, then you had the show. You had some bad boy fights on the undercard. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Josie Parker put in a really good yeah, performance. Yeah. I got a great, big props to Josie Parker. Then yeah. you had David Adelaide challenge for the British title against Fabio Woodley. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That was my fight in the night. And that, means that was that a wicked fight, bro. Oh, it's expensive. Out of everything. For real. Yeah, you know I mean, but I was, I was disappointed in David simply because I think David Adley can be a very, very good fighter. He has to make simple adjustments. Mm-hmm. Right? But the thing that made me laugh is like, when David got dropped, yeah? He dropped on the floor. I was ringside there, you know? And he looked at, you see, he looked at, yeah. he looked at Woodley and said, you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy, bro. I mean, it shows that you were still switched on. But yeah, that fight was the fight out of the whole card that I was looking forward to, actually. And he never disappointed because obviously I've been watching some of the build up in the press and my man was giving it the big one, you know. I, I, you remember I said my youth came from white color boxing, you know, you never had no amateur experience. I'm telling you. And, and so this is the thing. Is, he hates it when people mention that, like, oh, you came from white color boxing. Yeah. I'm saying that not, you shouldn't hate on that. You should take that as as pride to your mental aptitude to learn and adapt and also your natural ability because, listen, that kid's going to be a problem. And the maddest thing is this. When I came from the dinner, right, Jay Prince was at the dinner as well. Big up Jay Prince, my guy, right? Um, uh, Gerard Anderson was there as well. He's going to be fighting in, he's going to be fighting in December on December card. Um, uh, There's talk about um, Joseph Parker being on it. Let's talk about Daniel Dubois being on it. Let's talk about, it's like, it's going to be a good heavyweight card. I think they're having like six fights. So I'm looking forward to watching what's going on there. And I think they're going to have it in the same place in Riyadh, but they're going to have it in a car park because what they did for this show, which was nuts, they had the undercard. They had the undercard in a car park. Yeah, and then yeah. you walk from the, from the car park into the arena and they had this big show and the show was ridiculous. Everyone got these wristbands that lit up. Yeah. So it went dark. You had, um, we'll see little baby, um, the rapper. He was performing and he tore up the place as well. It was, trust me, it was, it was wicked. You know what I mean? It was, listen, them man, the Saudis know how to put on a show and they erected that. When he can do that thing, you know. Of course it can. They erected that stadium in three months. Mm. Right? Wow. So, like, I'm telling you, on the Friday night, I'm going to be real with you. Even though I never got no Rolex the day before, because I turned up late. But I'm <laughs> telling you, the Friday night, I could have gone home. Because that dinner was just, it was too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was seriously, it was too much. Like, I'm seeing, like, guys who I was to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to go and watch. And like to see everyone in that room was a powerful energy. It was zapping. Yeah, man. Can right? Imagine? Yeah, it was zapping. It was zapping. Then to leave yeah, from that's there. If, bro, that's one you carry into your grave. Never I'm telling you, bro. And I got every picture with everyone. Right? And then to leave from there, I could have gone home. Because the boy. Then I mean, I, I mean, Sugar Ray, even though I interviewed Sugar Ray and I met him in person many times, even worked with yeah. him. But yeah. to see him there in that surrounding, is that brother? I could go home now, mm. but I didn't go home. Yeah. And the thing about it is this, when I left the dinner, one thing I got to say, the dinner was fantastic. It was 
incredible. The food was incredible, right? But it wasn't enough food. So I left from there, right? And I went to KFC, right? Yes, Tundi, but Tundi's got some bad reception. <laughs> you sure the reception's bad? You can't hear me? No, nah, Tundi, you're glitching. Oh, wow. Let me, uh, let me try my data. Give me a sec. Right? So to leave, to leave from, to leave from there, yeah? The food was alright. I've seen someone snaps his ass. The food was alright, but it wasn't enough. So I left there, and I'm like, me and my mate, yeah, you know I mean, RA, we went, we went to, we went to a KFC. Right? <laughs> Why you can take the wild to London, but you can't take London. <laughs> That's right. Yes, Tundi. So I went to KFC, right? So as I've got to the KFC, I'm sitting there munching on the, I'm sitting there munching on the KFC, and, and who, 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 who does he walk past me? Who does he walk past me? I see Fraser Clark walk past me. Wow. So I said, Fraser, how come you never come to the dinner? He said, no, we've just landed, and we're just walking around the area. I said, all right, cool. So when Fraser saw Woodley fight, Fraser was trying to play it down like, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he can't fight me, he can't fight me. But I'm telling Fraser Clark this now. I want man to listen to me, Tun. That Woodley, that Fabio Woodley can fight any one of them domestic level man, straight yeah. standard, and most yeah. probably come out victorious. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're well, in. Join, you joining in. us on the fight is right, is the co-host who's <laughs> always jet-setting and is like, <laughs> he's got a suntan already looking even blacker than before. <laughs> Come on. Come on, the black and the berry, the sweet and the juice. That's what they say. <laughs> now, Tundi, when something goes black, it's rotten. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, my man? Listen, i got a few minutes. We're still, we're in the minute, m- middle of training. We just finished sparring, so we're out here working uh, in an undisclosed <laughs> space. But good to see you. I see all the snaps, Spence. I see all the videos. Come on. Representing out there in Saudi. Come on, uh, fight right after represent everywhere. <laughs> But Tun, this is what I want to ask you. Yeah, what was your take on on uh, the Ngannou Tyson Fury fight? Well, listen, it, it was one of them ones. I think Ngannou was better than what everyone expected it to be. Mm-hmm. I personally was always expecting that because you got you got a world champion UFC fighter, strong, athletic, and let's not get it wrong. You know, Tyson's coming to the end of his career. You know, I've I've said it repeatedly on the fight is right. You don't know the results or the effects of those three wilder fights until you have a live person in front of him. And and although Ngannou is not a boxer, he's a live opponent. Dylan at the end of his career. Derek Chisora at the end of his career. You know, so we need to see and the same goes for Deontay Wilder. We don't know what the effects of the Wilder of the Tyson trilogy is gonna have on him mm-hmm. when he's in there with a with a guy who's coming we can fire back fire back fast and furious, but all credit to Ngannou. Listen, he probably will give most of the current top heavyweights in the UK a run for their money. Hundred. Um, yeah, uh, but that guy is a serious, serious competitor, and I think that he can only get better, you know, in the sport of boxing. Learning it. Uh, I mean, listen, if you can do that against the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, and this, we shouldn't even be talking about the fight was close. 
Come that on. Conversation, oh, that right. conversation, we shouldn't be talking about the fight. It's because we were talking right. about Tyson Fury just winning there and bust him up. But <laughs> this, this guy made the fight competitive. And, uh, and so, listen, I feel that in Ghanu, probably, probably, we need to see that undisputed. We need to see that for boxing's sake. And then straight after that's finished, Tyson Fury should go back and fight in Ghana. That's how I see it. Yeah. I, and that's and that's what I hope that happens as well, Tom. Yes. You yes, sir. That's, that's yes, what sir. I hope happens um, as well. But like, um, sorry, Dave, I was sat with Usman. He was on my table, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mention you because I didn't want to upset him. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Spence, let me just big up Dave. Big up Dave. Yes, my brother. Yeah. Keep keep doing what you're doing, man. It's it's excellent. It's very inspiring for me, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm out here following your footsteps, training. When they don't think we're training, we're training. <laughs> yes, sir. So keep doing what you're doing. Listen, Spence, well then, Sunday, I was gonna say to you, if we didn't think you were training, you just told us that you are training. So yummy, you, know, you let the cat out of mind. <laughs> yeah, facts. Listen, don't worry. You know, I'm just being calm. You know, when I come back on Sunday. It's straight banter and, and, and good laughs and boxing talk again. But for now, I just said, let me just bless the show. Come on, man. Give, give my take on the fight. And, um, yeah, it's, it's heavyweight boxing, especially in the UK, is exciting again. And I feel that's what we want. That's what we need. If the heavyweights, if the heavyweights are exciting, everybody talks about boxing. So we've got a lot of lot of up and comers. Frazier, David Adelaide still in the picture. He put on a gutsy performance, and uh, you know, listen, that will make him realize that this sport is not a joke. You know, you got to back your talk. You can't be talking all gully and then <laughs> you're on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's boxing, and I, and I feel that that fight will uh, really turn, make David Adelaide turn a corner and step up again, because he's a warrior, he's a competitor, and I, I did text him such, I told him, keep doing what you're doing, um, and that's just how it goes, you win some, you lose some, but it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Yeah, yeah come on, but turn, yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you, yeah, my boy, Woodley, was on point in that fight, you know? Ex- excellent fighter, showed people certain levels, and I think he's the top of the tree now, in the heavyweights, in this country. Yeah, you know that, you know that avenue, what's his name? Solomon. The Carus, yeah. Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cause he was, he was, he was sparring partner for Tyson Fury. So he was saying like, he's ready for my man now. He wants his fight now. And I'm saying, I haven't seen him fight. So after we finish the show, I'm going to actually watch it. I haven't seen him, no disrespect to him. I haven't seen the kid fight. Um, listen, Fabio Wardley is, is on, on fire right now. <laughs> he's on bro. fire. Uh, yeah, and he, and the, the heavyweights. I mean, listen, you got some great matchups. Fabio against, uh, Daniel Dubois. People, listen, reg- Daniel Dubois is still a dangerous guy. I don't know, he's only 26 years old. He, you know, this is brilliant for British boxing. The heavyweights <laughs> are firing again. You know, and you, you got the old guards. You got the old guards in Chisora and Dylan. Yeah, hand over the thing. <laughs> Let them fight one of the young boys. Let yeah, them yeah. take over the mantle. You understand? Let them take over the mantle and go, but, um, yeah, gentlemen, listen, we'll talk more when we come back, but um, yeah, yeah, keep doing what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, man, yeah? you're back next week, so looking yes, forward to you jumping on the show, my bro. 100%. Thank you, bro. And let's pull these fingers glitch out now, because he's right. done. Yeah. All right, big up, son. Big up. All right, love. Love. 
So yeah, well, also Dave, this is what I want to ask you. Um, Derek yeah. Cesaro was saying that he wants to fight Ngannou. He's been posting and all the rest of it. How do you think that fight would go? You're breaking up. You hear me, Dave? You're gonna. Sorry, I said Derek. Derek Cesaro said that he. Sorry, Derek Cesaro said that he wouldn't mind fighting Francis Ngannou. How do you think that fight would go? Well, listen, like I said, now Nagano is, is Nagano has, has bring, you know, a different um, level of, um, that's the word I'm looking for, um, competition into the heavyweight. Just doing what he's done in that one fight. He hasn't had to go through the process of building himself up like, you know, your Chisora's have built up their record. This guy's one professional fight and has just turned the game inside out, upside down. So, yeah, then mm. Like we're gonna go say, well, yeah, man, we can deal with some little MMA boy who just come where they um, get lucky. They, you know, that, that's what they're gonna believe. But factor behind it now is the money spends. Nagani's brought in a different level that where now it, you know, um, it opens many doors, not just on the boxing aspect. You know, these promoters now are gonna have to start box shuffling, you know, and getting their shit together, you know, because yeah, man. Yeah. You understand? You get where I'm coming from. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's it's only a good thing. And like Tundi said, you've got the boys that are established now. The young guard coming through. Um, the young boy, them, um, what he mentioned, slip my name, slip me off the top of my head at the moment. The boy and a couple of the same. Yeah, Solomon Dakers. Yeah, you, you know. So yeah, it's 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 a changing of the guard now on the heavyweight division. Um, he made a valid fight about Fury, maybe just tipping over the hill now. I would agree with that. I would agree with that maybe two fights ago because he struggles with mental problems. He blows up between fights. So that shows me his heart, his desire is here and there. Um, mm. it, what he's got, it, it, the rep is built, um, his style of fighting, he's, he uses his attributes to his maximum abilities, which is you know, it's, it's a smart thing to do. If you if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my motto. Tell all my boys that. If it ain't broke, it ain't, you don't fix it, mate. Um, and he's got that kind of mentality along with the gift of the gab. Um, so, yeah, he's managed to lung it out a little bit more. But now it's, to me, starting to wind in. You know, he's, he's a caught fish now. What's that winding him in? You get me? Well, you know what? I'm, like I said, <clears throat> I'm interested to see... You know what I mean? What's, what, what, what's gonna happen next? Uh, Tundi's right. If you look at history and guys who've had trilogies, mm-hmm. trilogies mash up your career. You must, yeah. Right? Just go look at Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali had, Muhammad Ali had two trilogies in his career. Yeah. You know I mean, he had two trilogies in, in, in his career and out of these 61 fights that he had. Yeah. He had two with Ken Norton. He had two with Joel Frazier. Frazier. The two with Joel Frazier, the, the, the three fights they had with Joel Frazier, the mm-hmm. last one, the Thriller and Lilla, was October 1975. Yeah. That was a, that was damning. But that matched up Ali. After he fought Frazier the second time, that, from me to that, Ali should have luck off gloves from then. I'm being real because them two fights between the two of them finished them. They need, they went to death and back in that second fight. When no, Ali third fight, third fight, third fight. Third fight, sorry, yeah, third fight. The third yeah. fight. From there, them man they done them one another. They took the yeah. best boxing. They took the soul. They took the heart. Everybody took everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's but equally, 
when we're talking about Tyson Fury's fight that he had, it's, and the maddest thing is like, the Tyson Fury fight nearly three years ago that he had with Deontay Wilder, you know? Yeah. Mad than our time flies, right? That was a hard fight, you know? Cause remember. And sticking on that point now, yeah, it was a hard fight. Um, and yeah, Fury overcome him, but you overcome him. Wilder, like I said, really, if you really want to be real, he's not really a heavyweight. And if he uses a small one, he's really a cruiserweight. What, look at the legs on him, man. He's, I've seen lads yeah, in my, I know. They just with bigger leg, legs than him. You understand? Um, so I'm, mm. I'm a powerful guy. All his power lays in his back and his shoulders and yeah, he can lick and him lick hot. But he's a really, he's a cruiserweight. He moved up into the division back to what I said earlier. Right now, the heavyweight division ain't all that Spence. Just those furies is, is the, is the best of what is, like I said, being brutal. Shit heavyweight division and the guy who's breathing that little bit of light back in it now and you got the, the changing of the guards over, in, over America and in England and in Europe. Hopefully we can start getting back to being the heavyweight division that everybody, the cream of the crop of bucks, you know, mm. you know. 70s and mm. 80s, when we're watching man like that, you just mentioned Ali's the cream of the crap. But we look at them fights with Duran, look at the fights with your Hearns, but the memorable fights that have, have come along on the heavyweight division. You had your Tyson, you had Lennox's, you know, you had you know exciting fighters um, from Europe as well. Um, but now the heavyweight division, why? I want to tell level. I'm scratching around the six mark, mate. Well, you know what? I'm not taking nothing, I'm not taking nothing away from Tyson Fury, not taking nothing away from Francis Ngannou. What I am saying is this. In my mind, Tyson Fury will still beat Usyk. This is my mind. Right? Because? Maybe this was, this was a blessing in disguise for Tyson Fury to really pull his finger out. Right? Because we get the story of Francis Ngannou and everything that he's gone through, but Tyson Fury should not have allowed this man to go 10 rounds with him on the rules because I don't business. In Ali's day, I don't care. If there's UFC around there, no one ain't going 10 rounds with Ali. You know what I mean? If you're a UFC man. No one ain't going 10 rounds with Lennox Lewis. Think about it. What would Lennox Lewis have done to Francis Ngannou? I don't business. It'll box his head off. Hmm. Right? Okay. So, right, I'm just going to be wrong with you. What do you think Lennox Lewis would have done to Tyson Fury? No, I've always said that I had Lennox. I have Lennox Lewis as, as possibly the greatest heavyweight of all time. All right. One of possibly the greatest heavyweight of all time. Agree, agree with you Yeah. Right. So, um, so it's different, but what I'm trying to say is like, I want Tyson Fury to remember all of this stick, all of this backlash, all of this nonsense where people are putting his name in the mud now, all of these people who are coming out and being overly smarmy on him, all these people criticizing him saying like, oh, well, you shouldn't even have gone to the dinner the night before. How can you not go to a dinner put on, yeah, by the Saudi government and by the man who's the head of sport and entertainment of the country and they pay you X amount of millions, you better turn up. And he didn't, he weren't there for long anyway, right? Yeah. He just come in, took yeah. his face, da, 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 but he was there for about an hour and then he was gone. Go back to his hotel, chill and all the rest of it, right? How can you turn your back on that? But I want Tyson Fury to remember all the naysayers, all the people saying that you ain't got it no more, all the people like Johnny Nelson saying that your legs are gone, all these people are saying like, oh, well, your punch resistance is gone, right? You're slowing up, 
you're getting old. I want him to remember all of those things. And similarly, similarly to Muhammad Ali in 1974 of October when he went and fought the rumble in the jungle against George Foreman and nobody gave him a chance and he came out victorious in there, right? Mm-hmm. Now in this fight here, where people are saying that he's old and he's worn out, I want Tyson Fury to remember these. And I want him to use this as his motivation to come back. Because what I don't like is there's a lot of British people now, right? I'm being real. There's a lot of British people who are uh who are running with this narrative that Tyson Fury is useless. He's not useless. He's not useless. You cannot go in three times with Deontay Wilder after fighting two men. You wouldn't even hire for sparring. And you keep, you keep, you keep like saying what, that he went in with Wilder, had three great fights with Wilder. Do you not, do you not realize how hard Wilder hits, bro? Well, I do, but that's all Wilder had, or Wilder still has, is that big right hand that he can... I don't business, listen, that big know. right hand has made Wilder become yeah. WBC heavyweight champion of the world. So you say that's all he's got. Listen, I'm not judging things from the Ali days. I'm not judging things from the well, days yeah. of Mike Tyson or Lennox Lewis. This all boxing is evolved to something all else, that- right? Doubters now that you say are criticizing Fury, he can put that straight tomorrow. And just get on the mic, get on the thing and say, yo, I want to return ASAP with Francis Nagano. I'll give no, it no, 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 no. What he should do is stick to the plan. The plan was Usyk, right? The plan was a money grab, right? That never, ever seemed right to me. And Tundi was saying for a long time, boy, I don't trust this African brother, you know, for a long time. Because Tundi, what, the man's a beast. Yeah. Forget so that. The Nagano team was just a money thing. It was of course a money grab. It was a money grab. It was a money grab. And I don't care. Big up Jeff Hines. Big up Jeff Hines. The real one in there. And Jeffrey Hines. Nobody never backed you when they should have backed you, but they're calling out now. Big up yourself, Jeffrey Hines. Right? I'm just keeping this thing totally 100 here, yeah? Mm. I'm saying Tyson Fury needs to remember what people are saying and the shit that they're talking about him right now. Because it seems like People want you to do good, but they don't want you to do too good. And now that he has become like he's getting civilized and stuff like this, yeah? I want to feel us go back and beat up all Sikino because end of the day is this, yeah? What I would like to see, I'd like to see Francis Ngannou in with Daniel Dubois. You know what I mean? Because both of them got a right to turn around. And more so, more so... Ngannou now is, 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 is like, it's a... It's, it's now can, you're talking he made 10 million with the, with, um, the, the Fury fight. Yes. Yeah. Doors have opened to him, mate. You know, he can, you know, he can pick and choose and have them come in and make it mega, a big major thing, you know, so yeah, but nothing wrong with that still. Yeah. That's, that's where my, you know I mean? I'm just keeping this thing 100. That's where, that's where my mind is. Okay. One second. Let me just see something. Let me just see. Let me just see. Wait there. You just stay right here, dear. You just stay right here. Let me see if I can. Let me just see something. Okay. I just got a message from someone. Okay. And see if he can jump on the show right now. Let me see. If not, one second. If.
Yeah, um, like I said, we, we, we shall see because like I said, yeah, the black book's nuts. The black book is snaps knows with how this thing goes. Um, I'm, I'm saying like, I think people should kind of lay off a of Tyson Fury to a certain extent because of what Tyson Fury has done for the country. And I think it's kind of disgraceful. I think it's kind of disgraceful that how the British public have turned against him a little piece. I don't like that. You know I mean? I don't like how certain people were trying to slag off like Spencer Brown. Let's put this thing on. Let me tell you this. I know a bagger man in boxing. No one ain't flown me out or treated me in a way that treated me. I got treated very, very well by the whole of the Fury camp. Right? And that's not blinding me to be biased on yeah, anything. Because man know me, I took my mind, you know. You see them, you see them, well, them traveling people by themselves, the, the gypsy king. You see them gypsy people, they like, want them taking in your space. Regardless, from the take it in, by the time you're amongst them, them anger you like them. That's the way yeah. they know. Yeah. yeah the yeah. hospitality I got treated by, 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 by them gold star and them people there. Nah, man. Bear big up for these people here. That's what I'm telling you just now. Like, yeah. like massive big up for them, man. Right? Because that man was saying, look, when you say something that is critical, John Fury said, when you're saying something that's critical, my son, it's not coming from a place of malicious. Yeah? You're just giving your educated opinion on something. He said, this is what John Fury said. You and that Tunde. You and that Tunde. Right? I said, all right, cool. Thank you. But the sermon, when they're saying things, is coming from a smarmy position, mm. right? I ain't got nothing smarmy to say about Tyson Fury because I respect what the man's done. I respect the fact that he's battled mental health. I respect the fact that he lost an equivalent of the, no, the equivalent of Terence Crawford in body weight to come back and fight again. I respect the fact that he got off a of drink and drugs. He's fought his demons. So for those things, I give a massive props to Tyson Fury. Do but like, Tyson Fury's story ain't better than in Garnish, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, on equal par, but on a different culture. They're not on equal. Listen to me. Tyson Fury never fled his country on no dinghy. Some little dinghy, you know? Tyson Fury never had to go across no desert on no back of no, back mm. of no Toyota Jeep. And if one force move, you drop off, they, the, the Jeep's gonna carry on moving. Tyson, that, that mean, it was 14 months he was traveling to leave Cameroon, you know, to end up, then he end up in Belgium, then France. No, no. His story is amazing, bro. His story is amazing. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a, it's an amazing story. I can't, you know I mean, I can't knock that. His story is amazing. Let me just see if I can get the champ right now. If I can get them, cause the man just told me to call him. Hey, Teddy. Yes. Yeah, Spencer here. Yeah, well, I'm live on my show, so maybe we could just do it over the phone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. can you hear that, Dave? I did. I just heard him, yeah. Yeah, this is the legendary Hall of Fame trainer and boxing correspondent and pundit, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're really good, sir. Listen, I've been going back and forth because I've got Dave um, Lovell here, who's the trainer of Leon Edwards, the UFC 
uh, world waterweight champion. Edwards is a terrific story, terrific solid fighter, and more importantly, a terrific human being. So you could mention a better name. He's been on my podcast as a guest. He pulled off that sensational upset over Usman, who at the time was being thought of as the GOAT, mm-hmm. the greatest welterweight of all time. And um, he he pulled it off like a Rocky movie in the last seconds or the last round, the fifth round, uh, with a beautifully set up. I always talk about it's not the punch or the kick, it's the delivery of it. He just set it up beautifully. Beautiful uh, set up of that kick, and it landed clean, and it, you know, knocked out Usman. And then he, I always say when a, when a fighter wins a world title, they automatically become 30% better because now they know they can depend on themselves at that level. And the mental side of fighting is, well, the mental side of life in general, but the mental side of fighting is 75% of it. And when a fighter wins a title, he automatically becomes 30% better. And that's exactly what happened, I believe, in Leon Edwards uh, in the rematch with Usman. Yep, definitely, definitely. So I've got his trainer, Dave, on here right now. Um, I would have sent you the link, but I know you're busy as well, Teddy. So I thought I'd just grab you on the phone card. Like, it was, like I said, it was, a, it was a pleasure. I'm a caveman. <laughs> and I tried, when you sent it to me, I put it, I clicked it. And I was sitting there all by myself for five minutes because nobody came on. So I probably did something wrong because, um. No problem. Put, we- William. This way, me and technology are not the best friends in the whole world, and uh, thank God I know a little bit about fighting, because otherwise I don't know what the heck I'd be doing. Right, Teddy, how did you score? Because I watch your podcast, so but I'm doing it for the fighters right right now. How did you score the Tyson Fury in Ghana? Because I spoke to you at ringside, and you had one opinion, and then when you went yeah, home... Once I got, once I got home... Once I got home, took a shower after traveling for, you know, from point A to point B from, uh, from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia to JFK, New York, and then Staten Island, New York, 24 hours altogether of a travel by the time you, from there and then get home, um, probably about, probably about 16, 17 hours actual flying. But I wanted to do the right thing for the, for my audience with the podcast. And when I was there, with the atmosphere there, which was a tremendous atmosphere, <laughs> and the feelings <laughs> that were in the air, that we saw something that we didn't expect to see, that we we saw potentially an upset that was mind-boggling, that, you know, you never dreamed of, because a fighter in his first pro fight uh, beating the heavyweight champ of the world. So when I was first there, my feeling was... It's a close fight. I'm not sure. I, I think Tyson Fury won by a, a point or two, but I'm, I'm ready to be talked into a draw very close. You know, again, uh, you're being influenced by things that are, you don't want to be influenced by. So I wanted to do the right job. So when I got home, I took a shower before I did my podcast. I, I looked at the fight in a vacuum at home in a sterile atmosphere with no noise and 
I came up, I came up with a scorecard of, of, uh, 97-93 for Fury. The third round, 10-8 for Ngannou. And then the eighth round was another good round. But other than those two rounds, and Ngannou had a great eighth round too. But other than those two rounds, in reality, when I was watching it again with no noise and in a calm atmosphere, no influence from outside anywhere, those are the only two rounds I gave him. I, I also had one even round. Um, the seventh round, I made it an even round. I actually could have went towards Fury a little bit, but I said, no, it's close enough. I want to do the right thing here. Let me make it an even round. So I had a 97, 93, uh, for Fury and rounds, but the more damage was done, no doubt, by Ngannou. And I think there's a phenomena that happens with, you know, it's just a human phenomena that happens with people when they're watching. We're human beings. We're influenced by emotions. And when you're watching something that's improbable, something that you never dreamed would happen, um, like a real life, like a real life Rocky movie right in front of you, mm-hmm. where somebody drops the champion in his first pro fight, um, he's much better prepared than we all, and anyone anticipated. Uh, he really looked good. He looked like a fighter and he behaved like a fighter. And then when you see that performance, when, you came in there completely unexpecting that performance, actually expecting a different kind of performance where Fury was just going to do away with him anytime he wanted to. So when you're watching that, I think that I think that what happens is you start to kind of your brain moves ahead. You skip pages, you skip rounds, and you and you start to come to a conclusion automatically that. Hey, I just witnessed an upset. Hey, and Ganyu won this fight. He dropped him. He wasn't supposed to do this. He wasn't supposed to throw punches this way. He wasn't supposed to have balance. He wasn't supposed to have good footwork. He wasn't supposed to look like a, a polished fighter. You know what? He won the fight. And I think that that's a human reaction. When, again, when we're watching something that is complete catches us completely by surprise. We kind of suggest to ourselves that he must have won because again, you you didn't expect it. You see the knockdown, and now every everything that you prepared for, which was to probably see a blowout, to probably see a one sided fight, now you're seeing the opposite. So that means that you draw a conclusion. Like I said, you speed forward. Your brain speeds forward right to that conclusion. Okay, I just witnessed an upset. But then when you get away from that atmosphere, and like I said, you watch it in a vacuum, and and you're not touched by any of those emotions, you see it in a cold way. And in a cold way, Fury won more rounds. Now, Ngannou won the night. There's no doubt about that. He certainly he did. went through the roof. But in rounds, Fury won the fight. Mmm. Mmm. And that's, co- that's coming from the Hall of Fame, um, Teddy Atlas. Um, Dave doesn't, the trainer of Leon Edwards, he doesn't believe that um, uh, Fury won the fight. But you know what? It's, it's up for debate because 
like I said, I'm kind of like sitting exactly where you're sitting, sir, because like he performed way better than what he should have performed. But I just saw Tyson Fury niggle away, throw the jab, do he done done a little bit more, even though he looked bad, but he still was flat. But he did a little a bit more. He didn't look. He didn't, he didn't look good. He didn't. He didn't look great uh, uh, at all, Fury. But there's no credit for that. Of course he does. I don't think Fury was mentally prepared. I think he was physically fine. I don't think mentally expected. Just like we didn't expect it. I, and if you're not mentally prepared, then you're not gonna be able to physically do the things you need to do. You're not. And you can't recalibrate. When mm. you get in there not ready mentally for what is gonna come at you, you can't, you can't get it right once, you know, once so, once the horse is out of the barn, he's out of the barn. You, you can't get him back in the barn. And I think that that's what happened. That Fury just, he had no way of mentally believing that this was going to be that kind of fight. And you got to remember, he had no tape on him. So the only tape he had was in his imagination. And I'm sure his imagination and his mind was nothing close to this. So I think that conspired against him. To be honest, I'm not making an excuse for him because the guy deserves all the credit in the world for what he did. But I think there were a lot of rounds. It was not a good fight. It was an interesting fight because of what we were witnessing. <laughs> but it wasn't an ex- and it, it had excitement because we were seeing the unexpected. But other than that, it wasn't exciting in the way that the fighters, you know, threw punches and that there were firefights. There was, like I said, there was the knockdown. There was the eighth round where I felt that Adonio dominated that round, really had a great round. But other than that, there was a lot of dead rounds. There was a lot of dead space. There was a lot of nothing rounds. Like we say in America, a lot of nothing burgers where there was nothing really happening. A lot of feints, a lot of, a lot of flicked out jabs, a lot of posturing. But not a lot of punching, not a lot of fighting, not a lot of engaging. And all those rounds, those 10 rounds, I thought a lot of them, Fury just stole them by flicking his jab out, by having a little better ring generalship, by staying on the outside, holding the outside, and, and just kind of stealing, navigating himself through some dead rounds, a lot of dead rounds, a lot of rounds that that could even been even. Mm. So how do you see, like, because it's now muted for Fury and Usyk for the Undisputed in February. No doubt I'll see you back out in Saudi Arabia. How do you see that fight going? I said before this fight happened, everybody was picking Fury hands down. That he's too big, he's too, you know, he's too... Versatile. Fury is a versatile guy. He can go forward. He can box. He can be really agile for a big man. Um, he, he handles the big stage. He showed a great chin getting hit with Wilder and getting dropped by a really, really good puncher and getting up. 
So he, he showed great heart. Uh, he's got a great story of what he overcame in life. But so the, everybody was in favor of Fury. And I get it. I understand it. Because you don't see anything outstanding about Usyk. He's solid in all areas, but he's not great in one area. He's mm. not, it's not one area you say, oh my God, he's a great puncher. Oh my God, he's that fast. Oh my God, he's scintillating in that. No, he's solid in every area, but there's nothing you can say he's poor in either. And, but there's one asset that he's had since he won the gold medal in the Olympics, and I called those Olympics his fights for NBC. I did those Olympics for NBC. I saw him firsthand. There, there's some, there's an asset that nobody really properly weighs, um, because it doesn't show up in those columns, you know, with speed and power and quickness, all of that. It's, it's not that neon talent that people like to gravitate towards and say, oh yeah, that, uh, the guy's got this. But there's one thing since the Olympics, since he unified the cruiserweight titles to, to win the unified cruiserweight title to, to when he moved up to win the heavyweight title and he wasn't expected to do that against Joshua and then he beat him twice. There's one asset. There's one thing that he does as good and better than most fighters will ever do it. There's one thing. And you know what that one thing is? Tell us. He wins. <laughs> he wins. Yeah. He yeah. wins. He knows how to win. And because of that, I was, I was, even though I knew it would be a tough call and a tough fight, I was not counting out Usyk long before the Enganyu fight with Fury. Mm. So, in some ways, this is going to help Fury because I think Fury got a wake-up call. I think he got a wake-up call, and I think that there was a real good chance he would have been believing the press clippings too, that it was going to be an easy fight against Usyk. He would have been believing that if this bump in the road didn't happen. If this didn't happen, I think that's how he would have went in mentally, and it would have been in favor of Usyk. It would have been good for Usyk. But now, Fury will be prepared to be the best Fury he can be. Wow. Dave, how do you see um, Usyk versus um, Tyson Fury, Dave? Well, for me, Fury's just going to be in shape, and I think the rest will fall into place. His physical size, he knows how to use it. And back to what I said to you earlier, Spence, does the, the referee allow Fury to um, throw one or two, fall in, and put his weight on Usyk? Or is he one of those referees that's not going to tolerate that like in the kind of the Nganu fight? So, yeah, you know, the fight's yet to play out. It's not a full-gone conclusion. But... um if I had to have a bet on it, I would just say Fury's just got to turn up, make sure he's in shape, and um, the rest of four plays. I think he was in shape. I don't think his weight was good. I don't think I don't think it was a matter of not being in shape against Ngannou. I Again, I think it was mentally. You can't be just physically right. you got to be mentally right. It's 75% of my business, this business, your business. There's 75 been in 50 years. If a guy's not mentally right, he's not right. 
I don't care what his physicality is. Mm. He will not be used to its utmost. And he wasn't mentally right. Again, I'm not taking anything away from Ganyu. I want to make certain of that. Because he did his job. He he came prepared. His trainers did a magnificent job, prepared him to to be much better than anyone expected. But at the end of the day, there's no way that Fury was mentally ready at the level he needed to be, as it turned out, for this fight. Now he will be mentally ready. That's the thing. And listen, I already said it. He's got all the advantages. He's longer. He's taller. He's versatile. He can go fight you and get you. He proved that. He can walk you down with his size. Or he can box with his size like he did with Klitschko and like he did with, with Wilder. You know, or he can go get you like he did in the second Wilder fight and in the third Wilder fight. So he's, he's a, he's got options that Usyk doesn't have. And he's, and he's got it with, with, with a, with a big body, but at the end of the day, like I said, Uzik has, he only knows how to win two, don't get me wrong. Okay. There's one thing Uzik has, the ability to find a way to win. Yeah, also, sorry, Game Africa just asked me a question, so I'll ask you, Teddy. He said, uh, I should ask you about the elbow. Did you see the elbow that went in Mike Tyson Fury? He's saying, like, did you see the elbow? So he's like, what do you think of the elbow? Yeah, the elbow. Do you think it was deliberate? And Ganyu, first of all, Ganyu showed a granite shit, and will. But Ganyu's used to get hit with four-ounce gloves. These were ten-ounce gloves. That's number one. So Ganyu was ready. His shit had been tested. And he's got that neck that's a shock absorber that, you know, that, that usually guys with good shit have. But... He's also from the MMA world. He's used to getting hit with elbows. He's felt an elbow before. You know, boxers aren't used to that. Mm. But do you, do you think, do you think that was deliberate? Do you think that was deliberate by Tyson Fury, um, Teddy? I don't know if it was deliberate. Only All he right. knows that. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I know that there was enough to it where people have made an argument that it's deliberate because of the follow through, but I, I, I have no way of knowing that. Okay, um, Johnny Johnny Nelson, Johnny Nelson, former cruiserweight uh, uh, world champion, um, said that he believes that Tyson Fury's legs are gone. What's your thoughts on that, sir? He believes believe what? That Tyson Fury's legs are gone. That they're gone? Yeah. Uh, listen, he he's a guy that has a right to that opinion. He's he's a fighter, champion. Um, obviously his opinion means something, means a lot. I don't know that they're gone because if they were gone, he wouldn't have gotten up off that knockout, knockdown mm. in the third round and mm. gone seven more rounds. So for me, the way I judge it, again, if they were gone, uh, you know, he wouldn't have had the stability with them and the durability with them to get up off the floor and, and then go, you know, go another seven rounds. So, I'm, I'm gonna say no, I don't believe they're gone. Not, I don't, I don't believe it, but, uh, if he says that, I, I respect his, uh, opinion. Okay. And the last question for you, Teddy, cause I know, like, you just jumped on it and just done me a favor here. Um, I want all this time, um. You know what I do? I do, I try to do nice things for nice people. Yeah, oh, come on, thank you, sir. It's not more complicated than that. If you're not a nice person, or at least I don't deem you a nice person, then, 
Oh, thank you, Teddy. Thank you, sir. Uh, this is what I'm saying. It's like, what do you think of Mike Tyson as a trainer? Because you used to train Mike back in the day and then you stopped training him. What, what do you think? Dewey Cooper, Dewey Cooper, good trainer. So, and uh, last, last question, um, for you, Teddy, then we can let you go. Um, someone just asked, are, are DR films, is just asked, um, can you ask Teddy if this question, who's the number one heavyweight in the world right now since the fight? Okay. Fight wasn't there already. 
He would be able to do that. And people would buy it. People yeah. would be credible about it. That is, that was, that was something that I would sound like a maniac, like an insane man, if I had said that a couple of weeks ago. An insane man. But now it could be said. So Ganyu won the night. He put himself in play in the heavyweight division as a fighter if he wants to do that. But Fury, did his stock drop? Yes. But am I taking away, am I taking away the privilege that he earned? That he earned over the over years to be called heavyweight champ of the world when he didn't lose that fight? Am I am I taking a we've had all the heavyweight champs that have had bad performances. We didn't say, Oh, they're no longer a heavyweight champ or they're no longer the a uh, a guy to be accounted with, uh to be you know, to, to be dealt with. We we don't do that. So I'm not doing it. I'm he earned the right He's the heavyweight champ until somebody takes it away from him in, in the ring. Him and Uzi, the two of them. If you ask me who pound for pound is the best fighters in the world right now, I'm going to tell you two. I'm going to tell you Terrence Crawford, and I'm not jumping on him like a lot of people did after the Spence fight. I, I picked him to, to beat Spence and to knock out Spence um, because I, I felt that I knew the kind of special talent that Crawford was. But I'm picking two guys. You say, Teddy, who's the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world? I'm going to say Crawford and Inouye, the champion from Japan. That's that's how close they are. And I'm going to say the same thing here. Who's the, who's the best heavyweight? I'm going to say until proven otherwise, Fury and Usyk. Okay. Okay. Mr. Teddy Atlas, the Hall of Fame trainer, an incredible boxing historian and pundit. It's a pleasure to see you out and your son, Teddy Jr., out in Saudi Arabia. And hopefully we can get you again on The Fight is Right. And this time we can get you on the link. But it's been a plum pleasing pleasure having you from myself, Babatundi Ajay, and our other guest, um, Dave Lowell, the trainer of Leon Edwards. Thank you so much, Teddy. Uh, take care. God bless, sir. Thank you for blessing the fight. Is right. Bless, Teddy. Yep, yep, yep. I just thought I'd touch you lot. You know the black book powers. You know how it goes. That was Teddy Atlas, Hall of Fame trainer, and I've got one other Hall of Fame trainer on on the line as well. Dave um, Lavelle. Thank you so much for blessing the fight. Is right. It. Is we've gone on like an hour and thirty. This is meant to be a forty-five minute show, but you know we right. just get like we start. Yeah, it was meant to be forty-five minutes, but when we start wrapping up. All right, I thank to every single person that's been on the show today. If you ain't caught it, you'll get it on online tomorrow. Make sure that you like, subscribe, and comment. This is Spencer the Knowledge Ferron with my guy Dave Lowell. Dream it, believe it, become it. Dave, we're going to be looking forward to um, when Leon defends his title. What, what day is, he, is Leon fighting Leon Edwards? 16th of December, uh, December in Vegas. And the 16th of December in Las Vegas. And I've got my 
cruiserweight um, protege, Trey, the secret Dubry, having his second pro fight the 18th of this Bro, month. I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing yeah. a lot about um, um, this kid, um, yeah. um, this Dubry kid. I heard that he's knocked out some couple prospects in the gym, but gym yeah. work is gym work, so I'm not going to expose no one, but I hear that he's beating up a lot of guys. I'm hearing about this kid. Look out for this guy, this Juby kid. He's he's a terror. I'm gonna be real with you. I, I mean, he. Yeah. I've had guys on the phone to me. Ah, Dave's got this kid. You know, he's coming down London and beating up all the guys. So yeah, I'm looking out. I'm looking out for this kid. I am looking out for him, Dave. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been. Thank you so much, Dave, for blessing the fighters. Right. Thank every single person that's been on here. You know I mean it was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been so, so nice. And remember, from Sunday, hopefully Tundi will be back. So we'll be doing our bits on the fight is right and be getting more guests, more stuff. I think I'll be getting Sugar Hill on the show then. So we're looking to wrap this up. Simple things. Dream it, believe it, become it. Coming up. Peace, two fingers. We are out. Salute. All right, big man. We'll link soon. Yeah. Cool. Love. Love, 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 love. Sports Social Podcast Network.